The following pre-recorded program is sponsored by Carla Swanigan Ministries. Get ready to experience and receive the grace you long for from the heart of God. Welcome to Scandalous Grace with Carla Swanigan. Carla is a wife and mother, international speaker, minister, and engaging storyteller known for her transparency with an impactful testimony of how God has transformed her own life. Her desire is to connect you with the heart of God and the truth of how he truly loves and sees you. If you're hurt, if you're broken, if you yearn for God's love and acceptance, let the healing begin. Now, here's Carla Swanigan. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Scandalous Grace, where we leave religion out of it and just bring Jesus. I am your host, Carla Swanigan. I'm so glad that you're joining us today on the show. I am talking about everyone means everyone today on the show. And we'll dig into that a little bit, but that is the the title of today's show and the essence of of what we're going to be reading about in the scripture. We're going to be in the book of Acts, going to be in chapter 10. So if you have your Bibles and you're tuning in or the Bible app on your phone, you can turn to Acts chapter 10 in the New Testament. We're going to be um, reading this really cool thing that happened to Peter in Acts chapter 10. And I want to say before we dig into that, if you've missed any previous episodes of the show and you want to check them out and get caught up, you can always tune in to our iTunes podcast. It's just Carla Swanigan Ministries on iTunes. And then also we have a YouTube channel, Carla Swanigan Ministries, and you can actually watch the show. Um, we record every week and, and we also make a video of it. So you can, if you prefer to watch instead of uh, just listen to the audio, you can check it out on our YouTube channel. And just in general, you can find out more about me and my ministry at CarlaSwanigan.com, and that's Carla with a K. We would love for you to check out all the cool things that, that God is doing in us, and um, we're partnering with him to bring heaven to earth every day as much as he will allow us to. So that being said, we're so glad you're here, and let's dig into the word. We're going to be in Acts chapter 10. I was reading this story the other day, and and I really felt the Holy Spirit just start downloading um, just some thoughts he had about this. So I'm going to be breaking it down kind of verse by verse as we go through here. But basically in Acts chapter 10, we'll start with nine, actually verse nine of chapter 10. And this is the story where Peter, if you have your Bibles out, it may be titled in your Bible. Like it is mine. It says Peter's trance, which right there, it's got my attention. I was like, Whoa, now we're talking cool trance stuff. What does that mean? You know, so um, in this story, basically, um, the background is Jesus has already died on the cross for our sins. He's been crucified, um, buried in the tomb. He rose again. And now it's his disciples and apostles going out, starting what we now call the church, the body of Christ. And they're going out, um, reaching out to all the Jewish community, professing that Christ was the Messiah and is the Messiah. And so that's the background for this. So we're going to pick up in verse nine of chapter 10. The next day around noon as Cornelius, Cornelius, I can't say that word, you guys, Cornelius. Oh, that's a hard word. Tongue twister. As Cornelius's men were approaching Joppa, Peter went up to the flat roof of the house to pray. He was hungry and wanted to eat. But while lunch was being prepared, he fell into a trance and entered into another realm. As the heavenly realm opened up, he saw something resembling a large linen tablecloth that descended from above, being let down to the earth by its four corners. As it floated down, he saw that it held many kinds of four-footed animals, reptiles, and wild birds. 
a voice said to him, Peter, go and prepare them to be eaten. Peter replied, There's no way I could do that, Lord, for I've never eaten anything forbidden or impure according to our Jewish laws. The voice spoke again. Nothing is unclean if God declares it to be clean. The vision was repeated three times. Then suddenly the linen sheet was snatched back up into heaven. Peter was so stunned by the vision that he couldn't stop wondering about what it all meant. Okay, so you guys, there's tons of cool stuff happening here. Like I said, first of all, um, in verse 10 of chapter 10 of Acts, it says... um, that he fell, Peter fell into a trance and entered into another realm. And those are those spirit realm encounters that we've talked about on the show before. Um, We've done a couple of shows about that. I even wrote a book about my encounter, Come Away With Me, that you can find on Amazon and also links to that on my website. But these are real opportunities that we have with the Lord to enter into that spirit realm and encounter him in ways that we maybe never have before and to learn more about him. And he speaks to us in the spirit realm. Obviously he's teaching Peter something really important here. He shows him the vision three times, right? And I love it. Um, in verse 14 where Peter starts arguing with the Lord, right? The Lord is showing him something that he wants him to do and the way that something needs to be. And Peter's like, Oh no, I can't do that. I mean, the Lord clearly tells him, Peter, go and prepare them to be eaten in verse 13. And then in 14, Peter's like, yep, no way, Lord. I've never eaten anything unclean or impure. I'm not going to do that. And I don't know about you, but there have been times in my life where the Lord is saying something to me that like is blowing my mind or even seems opposite of what I've previously thought or believed before. And I don't mean like scriptural things, you guys. Um, I'm talking about mindsets, um, perspectives, uh, maybe my own legalistic or religious um, thoughts about something, uh, paradigm shifts that God's trying to bring to me and break off some stereotypes or um, break some of those religious barriers down like he's done for me so much in the past. Um, and I find myself when he's telling me something, I'm like, oh, no, Lord, that's not right. You know, and I'm like, how funny is that? That I'm going to sit and argue with the Lord of the universe, the risen King, you know, God, my savior. Um, but that's exactly what Peter was doing here. And that gives me hope because I'm like, okay, if one of the disciples is sitting here having a moment like, oh no, I can't do that. It makes me feel a lot better for those moments that I'm kind of off the wagon doing the same thing. But anyway, Peter's arguing with him. And then the voice speaks to him in 15, which is the voice of the Lord and says this, nothing is unclean. If God declares it to be clean. And that's really the verse that the Lord kept speaking to me, you guys, over the past, I don't know, week or so as um, he just starts like speaking a scripture to me. And then he starts unpacking it for me by the power of his Holy Spirit and just kind of explain to me what he wants me to share on the show and and through my ministry. And um, he kept saying that to me. Nothing is unclean if God declares it to be clean. And. That's a powerful statement, you guys. Here was a religious law that, a Jewish law that Peter had known his whole life, that they weren't to eat those types of food, that they were considered unclean. And here's the Lord once again, like we talk about on Scandalous Grace all the time, you guys. The heart of my show is all about leaving religion out of it and just bringing Jesus, just living like Jesus, just approaching something like Jesus did, loving someone like Jesus would, um, reaching past Um, cultural norms and religious expectations and legalistic views to reach the one 
like Jesus did when he was walking the earth and the examples that he gave us all throughout the New Testament, throughout the word of God. And um, that's a powerful statement. You know, nothing is unclean if God declares it to be clean. And we're all considered unclean until we meet Jesus, right? Until we receive him in our hearts. There's, we're sinners. There's nothing we can do. There's no performance, no um, acts of service, no good deeds. Um, there's nothing we can do to earn salvation, you guys. It's a free gift from the Lord, right? And the minute we receive him as our Savior, we're considered clean. We're considered pure. We're considered his holy priesthood, right? And so I just love this example that the Lord is saying to Peter in this statement. And what a powerful statement it is. I know that if you've ever heard my testimony, one portion of it, um, this really applies to me. Years ago, um, I was at a women's retreat and I'd come back to the Lord after many years of um, just living in sin and being wild and crazy and just kind of turning my back on God, everything that I'd believed and known as a child. I kind of went astray like so many of us do in college. And um, now I was, you know, in my thirties and I'm back walking with the Lord. I'm going to church and I've gotten a lot of inner healing and a lot of deliverance and things that I needed. And I'd gotten set free from a lot of things. And um, I was real grateful to the Lord, but there was one issue deep down in there that the Lord still wanted to deal with me about. And I didn't even realize it until I was at this women's event and Lisa Harper, if you know her, she is a, um, awesome Bible speaker and teacher and, um, wonderful woman who's been on the women of faith tour and all kinds of other things. You can check her out, Lisa Harper, but she was at our event. She was the speaker. And at the end of one of her messages, um, she had been talking about how, you know, we had been made righteous through Christ. And at the end of her message, she came down the aisles and started, you know, speaking words of encouragement to each woman that she passed, whatever she felt like the Lord had put on her heart. And she was speaking scriptures to them and, and, you know, just things like that. And then she stood in front of me and she stopped and she looked at me and she paused for a minute. I could tell she was kind of struggling, um, to say what she needed to say. And then she just looked at me and said, Carla, you are not dirty. You are not dirty. And then she moved on down the line. But you guys, the minute she said that to me, I just fell apart. You know, I just fell I just lost it. You know, I did the ugly cry. You know, for those of you who are like me and you just can't control your face muscles when you're really emotionally hit with something, that's exactly what happened. I did the ugly cry. And in that moment, I realized that I'd still been carrying around with me, even though I'd gotten tons of inner healing, I've been set free from a lot of things and the Lord had forgiven me for all my sins. Somewhere deep down inside of me, I still believed the lie that I wasn't clean because of what the choices I'd made. And also because of what had happened to me as a little girl, I'd been molested when I was young and that. I'd bought into that lie that I was dirty and there was nothing I could do to ever change that. And in that one moment of her saying to me from the Lord, that was a word of the Lord just for me that she spoke. You are not dirty. The minute she said that I knew that the Lord was healing me from that. It wasn't even something I realized I was carrying until she spoke it. And that's what's so cool about our Jesus. You guys, he knows what we need and he knows when we need it. He knows when we're ready to hear it, when we're going to receive it. And, and, as hard as it is for us to understand that sometimes he waits for those moments when he knows that it's going to go in there and do the heart surgery that we need. Right. And that's what happened to me that day. It was, it was like total heart surgery. The minute that she said, you're not dirty. And the Lord just used that to kind of catapult me into some more inner healing that I needed from my childhood and stuff. And to believe the truth that that's 
says that we're all made clean in Christ Jesus. And that's what this scripture right here in verse 15 of Acts chapter 10 is telling. It's telling Peter in the scripture, but really he's speak, the Lord's speaking to all of us. Don't call unclean what the Lord calls clean. Once, once God calls something clean, you guys, it's clean. It's the word of the Lord, right? What God says is truth. What God says goes. And if he calls us clean after we've come to Jesus, then we're clean. And that's how he sees us. So I don't know who out there is listening to this today that you specifically need to hear that part of my testimony. I just want to say it to you again. You're not dirty. God calls you clean. I don't care what you've done in your past. I don't care what you've been through. And to be honest with you, based on my history, I don't care what's been done to you. You know, I don't know if you were like me and you've been molested or um, sexually assaulted or, or verbally abused. You are clean because Christ Jesus makes us all clean. So I just want you to receive that for yourself right now. I want you to, if you're in your car, if you're uh, listening to this on 94.7 in your car, if you're listening to this in the podcast, if you're watching on um, YouTube, I just want you to say it out loud over yourself. I am clean. I am clean because Christ Jesus calls me clean, right? And that's just a powerful statement. Um, Really, he came to set the captives free. And that's what he did for me, you know, 10 plus years ago at that retreat. And that's what he's doing for you today. That's what he always wants to do is set you free. So um, let's go back to our story with Peter. So he's arguing with the Lord. The Lord says um, nothing is unclean if God declares it to be clean. And then he says in verse 16, it says to us, the vision was repeated three times. Okay, you guys, whenever something's in the Bible, it's important, right? It's not there by coincidence. But when it says something happens more than once, that's very significant. Three times especially is significant in the Bible. It's like the the Lord is really trying to make a point when he says something three times. And then it tells us in verse 17 that Peter was so stunned by the vision that he could not stop wondering about it and wondering what the vision meant. You know, I know for me, when God downloads something to me that I don't understand or that seems contrary to some belief system that I've had and I'm trying to reconcile what the Lord is showing me and what the Lord is saying to me to what I've always believed. Um, And again, I'm not talking about scripture. I'm talking about my own opinions, judgments and thoughts about things. When the Lord is talking to me about stuff like that and bringing that paradigm shift, that mind transformation to be on the same page with him and believe what he says to be true. A lot of the times I'm like Peter and I'm just stunned. I don't even know how to process that, how to think about that. And so I'll say to the Lord, Lord, what does this mean? Like, what does this even mean? You know, the Bible tells us if you ask for wisdom, you will receive it from him. So I'm just like, Lord, give me wisdom. Give me revelation. I need revelation for this to understand it. Right. I need the interpretation. If it's a dream I've had, a lot of times the Lord speaks to us in dreams talked about that a lot on the show before the Lord wants to communicate with us all the time. And sometimes the easiest way to communicate with us is while we're sleeping, because it's kind of like your, your head, your logic gets out of the way and your mind and your spirit can just receive what the Holy spirit's trying to say to you, what the Lord's trying to show you. And so um, maybe the God's talking to you a lot in dreams right now. And if you don't understand the dreams you're dreaming, just ask the Lord, Lord, what's the interpretation of that? Help me understand what you're saying to me. Help me understand what you're trying to show me. Help me have wisdom for what it is that you're telling me right now. And um, God loves to do that. He wants to partner with us. You know, we're not some slaves and some robots in his kingdom, right? We're his sons and daughters. We're his friends. We're his partners to bring heaven to earth. So he wants to dialogue with you about that. He wants relationship with you, you guys, right? Um, So talk with him. Ask the Holy Spirit for the interpretation and the revelation of whatever it is he's showing you. 
So now let's go back into the word, back into Acts chapter 10. Um, We are going to pick up in verse 27. But before we do that, let me just give you a little bit, a summary of what's happening in those verses where we left off between verse 16, where we finished all the way to verse 27, where we're going to pick up. Basically, Peter realizes that these men, Cornelius has come, they've come to take him to Cornelius's house and um, share the gospel with his family and his friends that were there. Now, you guys, these people are Gentiles. This was a really big deal so far. All the disciples and the apostles believed that they were to share the gospel of Jesus Christ and salvation through Jesus only for the Jews. Okay. And they did. They considered all the other cultures, all the other people that were non-Jews to be impure and dirty, if you will, unclean. Right. So now Peter's at this guy's house and we're going to pick up where he's at Cornelius's home in Acts chapter 10, verse 27. So they talked together and then went inside where Peter found a large gathering waiting to hear his words. Peter said to them, you all know that it's against the Jewish laws for me to associate with or even visit the home of one who is not a Jew. Yet God has shown me that I should never view anyone as inferior or ritually unclean. Okay, so let's just stop right there. He says, you know, I'm not even supposed to be here. It's against Jewish law. Okay, think about that for a minute. It's against the law for me to be here. That's basically saying it's, it goes against everything I've ever believed or been taught. Been taught by really smart people and rabbis and priests and preachers and everybody else. But God has shown me that I'm to do this. So I'm here. I'm going to do it. Because God has shown me to do it. And then he says, I love this verse so much. Never view anyone as inferior or ritually unclean. You know, you guys, God may send you to people that you may not deem worthy to receive the gospel, to hear the gospel, to know about Jesus. Um, People you don't think deserve forgiveness. People that you don't consider, um, you know, clean. Honestly, I know he's done that to me. I know he's broken off all those religious things. paradigms and cultural barriers for me time and time again and said, Hey, I don't care what you've been taught little girl. I'm telling you to go to this person. I'm telling you to love them. Well, I'm telling you to reach out to them. I'm telling you to share the gospel. I'm asking and telling you to forgive them, whether you think they deserve forgiveness or not, you know, and what does that look like for us? You guys, well, I can tell you what it looked like for me. I had a dream, um, a few years ago and in the dream, I was sitting in a coffee shop across the table from the man who molested me when I was a little girl. And this is a dream I'm having, right? And in the dream, I am telling him that I forgive him. And I am really, I start sharing the gospel of Jesus with him. I tell him the reason that I can forgive him is because the Lord has healed me. And because God has forgiven me so much of all my sins, I I certainly can't sit across from him and judge him and not forgive him for what he did, even if it was to me. And I start sharing the gospel with him, you guys, and, and he just starts breaking down as I'm sharing the love of Jesus, the grace of Jesus, the mercy of Jesus, the forgiveness of Jesus with him. And I woke up immediately from that dream and I knew that the Lord was showing me several things, but he was showing me that in my heart, I'd gotten to the point with the Lord that I had literally released forgiveness to that man, whether I ever see him again or not, I have truly forgiven him in my heart. And the only way I can do that, you guys, is by the scandalous grace of Jesus and by the fact that God has forgiven me of so much. You know, it says in the word, Jesus talks about it 
in the Gospels um, when he has that interaction at that guy's home and the, and the woman, the prostitute, comes in and starts washing his feet with her tears. And he's like, those who have been forgiven much, forgive much. And that's how I feel. I've been given, I have been forgiven of so many sins by the Lord. I don't, I don't know about you, but um, gosh, you guys, we're all sinners. He's forgiven us all so much. We got to be able to extend that forgiveness when he asks us to. And um, that's exactly how he did it for me. And I think it's so cool that he did it for me in a dream because that's probably how I could receive it. But in this verse um, that we're talking about here, Acts 28, I mean, Acts chapter 10, verse 28, never view anyone as inferior or ritually unclean. You know, who's the Holy Spirit bringing to your mind right now that maybe you've considered not worthy of the gospel, not worthy of forgiveness? You know, who have you considered, you know, who do you have a prejudice against? Maybe it's a whole people group. You know, maybe it's a religious group. You know, is God asking you to reach out to a Muslim? Is God asking you to reach out to a prisoner? You know, I know that can be hard for a lot of people. I do a lot of jail ministry and God's given me so much grace to be there. And I have seen him move mightily. And I'm going to tell you guys, I say it every time I bring it up. I've never seen the Holy Spirit move like he does in the prisons. I've never seen his presence so sweet and so obvious. You want to know where Jesus is hanging out? I'll tell you right now, one of the places he's hanging out in the prisons. He's hanging out in the jails. Just like when he was on the earth, he's hanging out with the sinner. He came to set us free, you know? Says the Lord, God came for, he came for the sick, not, not the healthy, right? So he's going to be hanging out with the people who need him. I don't know about you, but that's where I want to be. I want to be where Jesus is. I want to be doing what Jesus is doing. I want to live and breathe like a follower of Jesus. And I don't always get it right. Of course, none of us are perfect. I'm just telling you, it's the challenge he has put on my life. It's to live like him, to love like him. And that means reaching out, sharing the gospel like he did. Forgiving like he did, showing mercy like he did. And listen, if that's hard for you, he'll give you the grace to do it. Ask for it. Just give him a willing heart and say, listen, I don't know how in the world, Lord, I could ever forgive that person. But I know that that you can give me the grace to do it. Your word asked me to do it. You've done it for me. I know you'll show me how. I don't know how you'd ever help me get over this prejudice I, I have against that certain group of people. But I know you're asking me to share the gospel with them. I know you're asking me to love them as I love myself. You're asking me to love my neighbor. I want to love my neighbor. Ask him to give you the grace to do that. You know, it goes on to share in Acts 10, verse 34. And we'll kind of wind it up here. Um, let me turn there. It says in verse 34, chapter 10, Peter said, Now I know for certain that God doesn't show favoritism with people, but treats everyone on the same basis. And then it goes on into verse 43, which is kind of our, our other theme verse. Everyone who believes in him receives complete forgiveness of sins through the power of Christ Jesus name. You guys, everyone means everyone. And I know that may be real hard for us to grasp sometimes, but that, that rapist, that sinner, that gambler, that drug addict, that prostitute, that liar, that, um, gosh, for some of you, it might be that homosexual person, that gay person that you don't think deserves Jesus or can't have Jesus. I'm here to tell you right now. Yes, they can. Hello. That's why it's called the scandalous grace of Jesus. Who are we to judge? We're not called to do that, you guys. That's the Holy Spirit's job to bring the conviction, right? We're called to, it, Jesus calls us to love and share the gospel, the good news of Jesus. And that gospel's real simple. It's Jesus came, he died for our sins, he rose again so that we could be reunited. And it says right here, everyone, 
everyone, everyone who believes in him receives complete forgiveness of sins through the power of his name. That's not partial forgiveness. It says right here, complete forgiveness of sins. So I don't care who you are, what you've done, call on the name of Jesus and he will hook you right up, right? He will hook you up. I want you you guys to remember that's Acts chapter 10. This is a great story. If you have time to go back and read it in your Bible on your own, but don't be surprised by who God wants to bring into his kingdom. You guys, it says in the gospels that his heart is that we would all be saved. That not one would perish, but we would all be saved. All of us. Everyone means everyone. All means all. All shall be saved that call on the name of Jesus. Don't be surprised, you guys. I want to pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you so much for this message of everyone means everyone. Lord, I pray that you would bring people to mind that we're supposed to witness to, that we're supposed to love on, that we're supposed to um, forgive. Show us your heart for them, God. Give us the grace to do what you're calling us to do. Break off those religious thoughts and paradigms in our minds, Lord. We love you and we give you all the glory, Jesus. In your precious name we pray, amen. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Have a blessed day. And remember, leave religion out of it and just bring Jesus. We hope you were blessed by today's episode of Scandalous Grace with Carla Swanigan. Please go to carlaswanigan.com to listen to podcasts, see where Carla will be speaking, and to find out about all of Carla Swanigan Ministries' resources, including her video devotional series. Scandalous Grace with Carla Swanigan is a listener-supported radio ministry outreach. We depend on your prayers and donations. Please go to carlaswanigan.com for ways you can partner with Carla in reaching listeners with God's love and grace. Please join us again next Saturday at 4 p.m. for Scandalous Grace with Carla Swanigan.